Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter, and happy Easter to everyone watching online. If you're watching online, write something in the comments so that we know who is with us. I have a lot of announcements this morning. The first one is we had our egg hunt for the kids yesterday, and it was absolutely amazing. There was kids everywhere. We had a blast. So thank you to Catherine and everybody that helped. They were awesome. Awesome. So next weekend, um, we're having the Ram Free Medical Clinic that's going to be at Gadsden City High School. Um, So you've probably seen flyers for it, uh, something like that. So it's going to be Saturday and Sunday next weekend. Our missions team is actually going to be feeding a lot of the volunteers uh, one of the days next week. And we have a group of 20 medical students from Emory. They're going to be sleeping here at our church next weekend as well. So we want to be praying for all of them. If you're volunteering with RAM, would you stand up just so we can see who you are? They're all coming to the traditional service. Oh, somebody. Oh, you are. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to pause. In, yes. <laughs> We're going to pause in our announcements uh, and just say a prayer for everybody working RAM, if that's okay. Loving God, we thank you so much that our church and our missions team can be a part of this RAM weekend next weekend. God, we pray for uh, those who will be coming for medical care, that they will receive what what they physically need, but God, also that spiritually uh, they will be provided for, that they will, will know that they are loved by you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So also, uh, wanted to let you know that next Sunday is United Methodist Women's Sunday, which is one of our favorite Sundays of the year. Uh, so if you look back in the sound booth, Sheila Freeman, who is running all the media stuff back there, she's going to be our preacher next week. How awesome is that? Uh, so yeah, it's exciting. And the women are taking over both services next week. The choir, I hear that they're throwing all the men out of the choir next week, and that's awesome. It's going to be women running the whole service, and we're super excited about it. Um, so after the service today, I'd love to invite you to stop at the Hebrews Coffee. We would love to hang out with you. Um, and if you would like to stay for Sunday school, we have many options for that. Martin Fellowship, Living Waters. Um, or you can come up to the gathering room for Love Does. It's my Sunday school class, and I'm super excited about it. It's for all ages are welcome. We have food up there, and We have kids and we have uh, people who are advanced in age. We have a wide range of ages up there and we have a lot of fun. Um, Lastly, I wanted to let you know to check out our Wednesday nights. It's a blast for youth and kids. Pastor Sam and Harriet have amazing small groups, maybe the best in the world, small groups in the world. Yes. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful for Easter. We thank you that you have overcome sin and death. God, today we celebrate and we are are so excited that we can celebrate. Uh, We pray that you will bless this time. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand and sing with us this morning? I would be hopeless without your goodness. I would be desperate. Without your love, sleep to the darkness. If it wasn't for the cross, you have won me with your kindness. Chase me down when I was lost. Song 
All right. I know we're Methodists and everything, but can I get a big amen after that? Amen. All right. Y'all may be seated. Uh, Miss Catherine is about to take our children to Children's Church today. So go over with Miss Catherine to your right and my left. There we go. Yeah. Oh, oh, lots of energy coming best this way. Yeah. We have, we have a wonderful children's program, and, and I'm so thankful. Yesterday, there were uh, kids, I mean, inside, just kids everywhere. Last Wednesday night, y'all, nachos and Nerf Wars, uh, if, you, if you just, uh, I don't know, if you've never witnessed that before, it's, it's something. We love kids here and youth, and, and uh, we, have a, we have a, you know, we have uh, something coming up for our young adults called uh, Brunch Club. And if you want some, some information about how you can get together with a bunch of friends and go out to, to brunch, there are some really cool uh, cups with some goodies in there on a table out there. And it'll tell you the dates and the places for Brunch Club. Am I getting that right, Jay? Brunch Club? Yeah. All right. Starting next week, we will be at Blackstone at 1230. Blackstone at 1230 next week. Highly recommend. Okay. Um, we want to um, be reminded today of all that our Lord has given us. It's Easter Sunday, and we also want to give back. We have a, a tradition in our church of doing an Alleluia offering. In addition to uh, your ordinary, normal giving that supports our ministries in our church, on, on the Sundays around Easter, we collect an Alleluia offering, and we use it for something special. And you should have gotten a letter in the mail. If you want to give something special for Easter, there are some envelopes around there. If you haven't given your Alleluia offering, many of you, many, many of you have, and I'm so thankful. Um, there are always ways that you can volunteer and give your service. And you can pray for us. Uh, we need your prayers. And the church around the world needs your prayers. Um, if, you, if you haven't gone and, and seen the... Um, sunrise service and and the group from from poland the church from poland uh, with the ukrainian refugees there go and do that it will remind you uh, of how much we need to keep praying so i want to ask you to pray with me now as uh, we think about all of that god we are, are so thankful for how much you love us that's what easter is is all about how that um, the world and the forces of evil and the powers that be and everything that collaborated to bring its worst against you could not overcome you. That they thought when they put you in that tomb that they were finished, but it was just like planting a seed that bloomed on Easter Sunday morning because Love is stronger than fear. Love is stronger than even death. Thank you, Lord, for loving us that much. Thank you, Lord, for those who give their time and their talents. Thank you, Lord, for those who are sharing, for their hallelujah offering, for their tithes and offerings. And God, help us to be faithful and to carry out the mission that you've given for us to do. Because the great news of Easter still needs to be brought to people who are, are hungry for hope. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Shadows of my soul, you 
think alike. Oh, there we go. I want to say how much I appreciate the praise band. Uh, Sunday after Sunday, they just get up and just bring it. And I really appreciate y'all. I really appreciate you. Yeah. Um, the scripture today is coming from the book of Acts. Chapter 10, um, verses 34 through 43. If you want to, to come over there and 
and turn your Bible and join me, or it's going to be up on the screen there. I want to say hello to you who are, who are worshiping us with us by live stream. Uh, every Sunday is a celebration of Easter. We are Easter people, and our hymn of praise is Alleluia. So if you're worshiping with us by live stream today, say hello, and then say Alleluia, as, because you're an Easter person, and we're Easter people. And I'm glad that you're worshiping with us online. It's wonderful we can do that. Luke, I mean, excuse me, Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message that he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism of John announced how God had anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him up on the third day and allowed him to appear not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. And all the prophets testify about him that everyone, everyone who believes in him and receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last Sunday on Palm Sunday, I talked about how when Jesus comes to town, Jesus brings with him revolution. And sometimes we forget about it. We, we read about these things that the early church did, these, these things that the disciples did, and, and we forget about how revolutionary they are. I'm not going to ask for a, a show of hands, but uh, I'll just bet that a good number of y'all are going to have uh, Easter ham today. If you're gathering around, you know what I mean, Easter ham. It sounds pretty good right now. And um, I know that the people, the good people in this area, love their catfish because I, I just about could not get down Rainbow Drive for people trying to, to desperately to get into the top of the river to eat some of that catfish. I know, but did you know how revolutionary that would be to, to a Jewish man like Peter? That... that Rather than eat pork or rather than eat catfish, fish that had skin and not scales, that a, a man like Peter would rather die than do that. And people did die rather than do that. You can read about the history of the Jewish people in a book, not in our scriptures, but in the Apocrypha, in a book called Second Maccabees, verse, uh, chapter 6. Read this story if you're, uh, if you're just kind of like a history nerd like me. Go and read the story of a man named Eleazar. Eleazar uh, was, was an old man. He was a scribe, a Jewish scribe, and he lived in the, about the time of the 160s B.C. And during the time when Antiochus IV was ruling over Judea, Antiochus IV was a bad guy. He was a Seleucid king, and he made it his mission in life to wipe out the Jewish religion. He declared himself to be God, Antiochus did, and he demanded that the people worship him. He burned Jewish books. He made it illegal for the Jewish parents to, to have their sons circumcised. He made it illegal for them to, to observe their Sabbath or to worship on Jewish holy days. He took over the temple in Jerusalem, set up a pagan altar there, and sacrificed pigs 
on the altar. And he made people observe Greek holy days and worship Greek gods. Well, this was a dark time for the Jewish people. Of course, Eleazar, this 90, he was 90 years old at the time this story took place. This 90-year-old Jewish scribe was told that he had to eat pork. And they, they held him down. They pried his mouth open and put a piece of pork in his mouth. And he spit it out. And then it went on and escalated from there. And they tied Eleazar to a wooden rack. And they got a whip out, prepared to whip him until he ate pork. And the guy who was in charge of whipping Eleazar really liked the old man. And so he came up and whispered in Eleazar's ear, said, look, Eleazar, you don't have to go through with this. We'll bring you some, some nice roasted lamb and you can just pretend that it's pork and you can eat it and just get them off of your back. I don't want this. I don't want to have to do this. He didn't want to have to see Eleazar die. But in, in 2 Maccabees 6, here's what Eleazar said. He said, such pretense is not worthy of our time and life, lest many of the young people should suppose that Eleazar in his 90th year has gone over to an alien religion and through my pretense for the sake of living a brief moment longer, they should be led astray because of me while I defile and disgrace my old age. So Eleazar was beaten to death because he refused to even pretend to eat a piece of pork. And he was a hero to the Jews. That, I mean, they passed this story on from generation to generation, from parents to sons to daughters. And I can just picture a campfire. And, and the apostle Peter, who's the apostle, but Peter as a kid sitting with his dad. And his dad telling him the story of Eleazar, the brave, brave Eleazar. And how he refused to compromise and eat a piece of pork. And, and Peter's dad leaned over to him and said, son, be like Eleazar. I will, dad. I will. So Peter's a grown-up now. And he's been following a man named Jesus. And he knows. He knows that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He's... He knows, but he also heard Jesus say, and we read about this in, in Mark chapter 7. He heard Jesus say these words. He said, do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile that person? Since it enters not into the heart, but into the stomach and then keeps going into the sewer. And thus, by doing that, Jesus declared all foods clean. So Jesus' point was, you know, it's, it's not the, the barbecue or, or the catfish or the shrimp going into you that, that makes you an unclean person. It's, it's the, the stuff that comes out of your dirty heart and out of your mouth that makes you a defiled person. Okay, but... If you're raised a certain way, old habits are hard to break. Can I get an amen? Old habits are hard to break. Are y'all out there just, yeah. They are, aren't they? You're raised a certain way. So look, Peter, Peter was a follower of Jesus. Peter knew that Jesus was the Messiah. He, he went through all of that. But he still kept a kosher diet, right? Because he was raised that way. You know, it, you can't, it's hard to break old habits. Even after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, even after the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came uh, and, and the church was born and, and Peter was just preaching up a storm, he still maintained his kosher diet until Acts chapter 10. Revolution. Here's how it happened for Peter. It's about lunchtime. 
Peter went up on the roof just, just to have some space to himself, just to chill and just to pray while lunch was being prepared, kosher lunch being prepared, right? So he was hungry and he was thinking about lunch. And he goes into kind of a trance, Peter does, on the rooftop while he's praying. And, and he sees a vision in, in his mind. He, he sees a large sheet being let down from heaven. And on this sheet were all kinds of animals, animals that to the Jews were unclean. And then Peter hears the voice of the Lord saying, Peter, kill and eat. Kill and eat, Peter. Now, being a country boy like me, I wouldn't, you wouldn't have had to tell me twice. I would be like, okay, we're going to have some, yeah. Peter said, no way. I've never done that. No way I'm going to do that. And I don't know, I don't know this for sure, but maybe... I could even see Peter doing this, couldn't y'all? I could see Peter quoting scripture to the Lord. Lord, don't you know that it says in Leviticus, blah, 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 that you can't eat anything with it? You know, I could hear him doing that. And Peter got this vision three times because it took three times for him to get it through his hard head because he kept saying, no way, I've never eaten anything unclean. And then Jesus kept coming back and saying, Peter, what God has made clean, don't you call unclean. After three times, the sheet was taken back up into heaven. And Peter was still trying to puzzle and noodle all of this out in his head. And some men knocked on the door and they said to him, hey, we want you to come to the home of Cornelius Cornelius, you know who he was? He was a Roman centurion. He was a Gentile. He was, but he was a devout man who was seeking God and who was praying and he was generous to the poor. And the Holy Spirit led Peter. Peter didn't want to go. The Holy Spirit led Peter to Cornelius' house. Peter's mind is still reeling, you know, from the whole eat you some barbecue thing. And, and go to the house of a Gentile thing because not only was it against the law to eat things like were on that sheet, it was against Jewish law to enter into the house of a Gentile because it would make a person unclean to do that. And a Roman centurion on top of that? Are you kidding me? But you know what God said? Go, go. So he went. And he got there, and Cornelius told Peter, look, four days ago I was praying. And then a man in dazzling clothes stood before him and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and the alms that you're giving to the poor have been remembered by God. So send some people to Joppa, and there ask for a guy named Simon who is called Peter. And Cornelius said, so I was obedient, and I sent for you, and here you are. And there Peter was, standing in Cornelius' living room, there he was, standing in the home of a Gentile, a Roman centurion. Do you see how revolutionary that is? And we just kind of breeze right over Acts chapter 10, not thinking about how amazing it is. So this brings me to the first point that I want to say to you about being Easter people. You and I are Easter people. And... If you're a note taker and if you like doing um, acronyms and things like that and you know who you are, then you could write E-A-S-T-E-R down the side of a scratch it on a piece of paper or something. But here, here it is. Easter people are revolutionary people. We are Easter people. And Easter people are revolutionary people. The E and the A in Easter stands for every nation acceptable to God every nation the word translated nation here is the word in the Greek the ethnoi ethnoi it's where we get our word ethnic from 
Because you see, Jews in Jesus' day, there was no difference between their ethnic identity and their national identity. Uh, Being Jewish was their race and their nationality. And so they had this pride and prejudice thing going. This pride and prejudice thing going. Pride in their national and ethnic identity that God had chosen them and God had given them special laws and that but prejudice too. Prejudice against the other, you see, the outsider. People who were not Jewish, Gentiles. People who, you know, ate bacon, who spoke Greek. Those people, those foreigners, those others. So pride and prejudice. And then Jesus comes along. And what Jesus does is he challenges their, their nationalistic pride. He challenges their, their prejudiced way of thinking by just doing revolutionary things, man. Just like calling a tax collector to be his disciple. Like going and eating with, with sinners and, and, and taking his disciples into Gentile regions and... Even reaching out to a Samaritan woman at the well. All of that, all of that is revolutionary stuff. When Jesus was taken before Pilate, um, Pilate kept asking him, are you the king of the Jews? Are you the king of the Jews? But Jesus said, look, my kingdom is different my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. And here's something about my kingdom you need to know, Pilate, Sam. My kingdom doesn't have any boundaries. My, my kingdom doesn't have any, any lines You've drawn the lines, but my kingdom doesn't have any lines. My kingdom is not geographic or political or racial or anything. Anyone who seeks God, anyone who fears God and who wants to do what is right is welcome. Anyone. All because Jesus died and rose again. Jesus said, that's what my kingdom's like. And we can't, we cannot, we dare not forget that message because we're Easter people. We don't just celebrate Easter, we're Easter people. We cannot let ourselves get swept up into the same pride and prejudice that they did. We can't let ourselves get swept up in some kind of nationalistic something. And I know what, I, I, look, I listen to the political ad I, I, as, as much as I can stomach doing it. And I know that there's this kind of like, oh, America first kind of thing. But you know what kind of makes me cringe about that? Look, I love my country and I, and I, would, I would fight and lay down my life like my ancestors did. But what makes me cringe with America first is that we're followers of Jesus And for Jesus' kingdom, it's God first. Jesus' kingdom knows no boundaries. That is revolutionary. The early church practiced it. Can you just imagine church in the first century was the only place, the only one where you could find males and females, Gentiles and Jews, Slaves and slave owners, all these different mixed bag of people, all together in one place doing the same thing. It was the only place in society that did that. The only place you'd find that was the church. And it blew people's minds. It blew people's minds. It was a revolutionary thing. Because Easter's revolutionary. We're Easter people. Okay, second thing, Easter people are radical people, and this is the S and T of Easter. 
So every nation acceptable to God, that's the E and the A. The S and the T are spirit anointed and empowered, tyranny busting ministry. Look, when I hear the word radical, I'm just like you. I just don't like that. It has a negative feel for, for us. But the actual definition of the word radical is favoring basic change. The gravitational pull uh, of our society and the status quo pulls us one thing. Gravitation, it's like gravity wants to pull us into to inertia. Just keep things the way they are. Just don't rock the boat. But Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit, it tells us in Acts 10, 37. And what Jesus did was went about doing good and healing those who were oppressed by the devil. And God was with him. Jesus didn't leave things the way they were. The status quo was not okay with him. When Jesus came on the scene, the Pharisees heard him say the kingdom of God is coming. And he said, what are you talking about? And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is right here among you. It's both already and not yet. God's final kingdom will come someday when God's perfect will is done. We know it hasn't happened yet. But Jesus said, there's also a way in which the kingdom of God is right here, right in your face. Here I am. The Holy Spirit is upon me. And everywhere I go, I'm taking the kingdom with me. I'm doing good. I'm healing people. I'm busting up the tyranny of the devil. Busting it up. So you and I, Easter people, the Holy Spirit comes upon us at our baptism. And everywhere we go, we take the Easter message with us. We do good. We bring healing. We bust up the tyranny of the devil. If we see something that doesn't look like the kingdom of God, then we use our spirit-given gifts to make it better. Favoring basic change. Reclaiming our identity as a radical follower of Jesus. Ordinary people. Ordinary people like you and me finding something that doesn't look like heaven and making it better. I hope that stirs up something in you today. I hope it does. Because we're Easter people. And then thirdly, Easter people are resurrection people. We're revolutionary people. We're radical people. We are resurrection people. The final letters, E and R, stands everyone who, receive, who believes receives resurrection from the dead. Resurrection people. Did you know there's a connection between what Jesus did for us and some of the, some of the Levitical uh, feasts of Israel? There were seven feasts that were prescribed in the, in the book of Leviticus. And the first three of them are all connected to Easter and, and it's what we are celebrating this morning. There's, there's the feast of the Passover. It's remembering the blood of the lamb that was placed on the doorposts of the, of the homes in Egypt so that the angel of death would pass over them. And when Jesus had the Passover meal with his disciples and said, this is my bread which is broken for you. This is a cup of my blood shed for you. Then Jesus himself was becoming the Passover lamb for the forgiveness of sins for the whole world, so that death can pass us by, spiritual death can pass us by. And then there was Feast of Unleavened Bread. The day after the Passover, the people were, were taken to celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And this was, this was on the Sabbath day. Leaven or the yeast would, would, is a symbol of sin in the Old Testament. And the Messiah's sinless life. Made him the perfect Passover lamb. The Saturday after Jesus was crucified, his body was placed in the ground like a kernel of wheat. Planted, waited for the spring to, for, to spring forth in, into new life. And then there was the feast of first fruits. 
This was celebrated on the day following the Sabbath when the first harvest of the year, the people would bring some of that harvest to the temple and the priest would wave it before the altar and acknowledge that it was God who brought forth the harvest and Jesus was the fulfillment of that. Because if Jesus had not been raised, then we could not be raised. Jesus was the first fruit, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, the first fruit of those who have died and were raised again. Being the first fruit implies that there's going to be more fruit to follow. Jesus was the first fruit of resurrection, and because he was resurrected, we will be too. We are Easter people. We are people who know that there is more to this life than just living and dying. There is resurrection. But we know that there are a lot of messed up things that are going on in our world right now. And what we need is hope. I mean, there's pandemic, there's war, there's atrocity, there's... There, all kinds of terrible, rotten things going on in our world. People need hope. When, when we have someone who is uh, who's dear to us that, that dies and we're standing beside their grave, we need hope. That's why we celebrate Easter, because we are people of hope. We are Easter people. I saw in... Um, one uh, I, I think it was during the time of the World Cup or something. Um, I don't keep up much with soccer, but I saw this little video, I think on TikTok or something. It, it stuck with me. It was about a, a, a women's soccer team, the U.S. women's soccer team. And, but the, the one line that stuck, stuck out to me was this. She remembered who she was. And the game changed. She remembered who she was. And the game changed. Now, of course, the person that posted that video wasn't thinking about us on Easter Sunday. But it does apply to us. Because if we could remember who we are as Easter people, the game would change. Because people still should be astounded that, that the church is a place that, that welcomes every person, all people, that shows no partiality, that every nation, every background, every kind of person from every walk of life can use their spirit-anointed, God-giving gifts to do the kingdom work that should turn this world upside down or right side up. Easter people. Let us pray. God, we thank you that every Sunday morning when we gather, we're doing a little mini celebration of Easter. And today, we're celebrating in a special way. Help us, Lord, to remember who we are, that, that we are Easter people, and that's revolutionary. And we're Easter people, and that's, that's kind of radical. And we are Easter people, which, which means we are people of resurrection. And that gives us hope. Even when it doesn't look like hope is there, we have hope because we believe in resurrection. Help us to remember that and to take that message to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand to worship
The moon and stars, they wept. The morning sun was dead. The savior of the world was fallen. His body on the cross, his blood poured out for us. The weight of every curse upon people go forth and take hope with you swim against the tide offer hope offer the love of Christ to everyone you see in Jesus name amen <laughs>